Hi guys, so good to be here. I am just going to move this this way. <laughs> Cue the elevator music. Guys, why did you stop when I'm moving this? What are you doing? Um, okay, so oh, Dan's just introduced me very beautifully. I feel like he's very generous to me. Um, Dan and Holly are kind of, they've come across my path and I think I've come across their path a lot in the last 12 months. Um, so they're kind of new friends to me. Um, but as soon as we met, there was a bit of a connect in our spirit, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like, are we from the exact same church background? No, you will see today that I, my roots are in Pentecostalism. Don't be scared. I'm not going to scream at you. I'm not going to push you over. Um, but that's, they're kind of my roots. But I, these days, um, you know, I'm 34. I'm getting on these days. Um, the people that I love to connect with and be friends with are people who are same spirited. It's not always about having the same tradition. It's not always having about the same views on everything, but it's, especially in this case, it's having friends who, you know, we see the kingdom of God. We want to see the kingdom of God come in our time, in our generation, and in the way that God wants to do that. Um, I'm also a northerner, so you're in good company today. For those of you that are from the north, if you're not, we also accept you. This is the kingdom of God. Um, I'm from Wigan, so it's not far from here. It's 40 minutes down the road, um, a short drive. It's a mining town. My parents are not originally from Wigan, but they've lived in Wigan a long, long time. Um, and so, yeah, so, so we're in good company today is what I'm going to say. I'll tell you a little bit about myself first. So I've come with my husband, Dan, um, and our two kids. One's just wet himself, so, so he's just been to change at the toilet. Um, my daughter, Harper's, Harper's five. Jesse is three. I'm so bad at introducing things. Sorry. I, Dan, I should have got you to do this. Um, and, you know, I kind of toyed with the thing of not bringing the kids today because I was like, it's just so much more straightforward for those of you that have young kids when your kids are not there. Um, but what we really, what we try to live is, we try to be a family on mission, right? Does that mean we never have time to ourselves? No, it doesn't. Um, but it does mean that as much as possible, we have to take the gritty route, the messy route. And we want our kids to be here when we meet with other people, brothers and sisters in Christ, if you want to say that, or other churches that are local to us. We want them to see this is normal, like to be with people. You know, my kids are scared of the kids' church. That's OK. Like, do you know what I mean? We're going to we're going to have some outbursts while we're here. But this is just real life. Like we want to. We want to build in such a way where it's normal to have kids in tow. It's normal to be like, you know what I mean? Just live in, live in reality. So let me just set a timer. Otherwise, we are going to be here all morning. Um, and I have the massive privilege of being here today. So thank you so much for having me. Um, it's my first time at Light Church. And I'm going to be, oh, well, Dan's invited me to kick off the series of Advent, Human and Advent series. And so... Again, because of my, just my church background, my church tradition, Advent isn't something that I have understood much until I was an adult. Um, I was like raised in Church of England and Anglican church, um, like schools, um, but I never really understood the beauty really of Advent of this time that we're celebrating. Um, and so I'm going to speak, be speaking to you a little bit about that today. And to me, Advent is, it's a time of preparation. It's a waiting the arrival of Christ, not just the word, but the word made flesh. First, you know, for the first time ever in history, in, in Mary and Joseph's time when Jesus was born, the history literally changed forever. 
And so when we celebrate this time, it's not just kind of, let's open our Advent calendar. This is always what it was to me as a kid, just, just being honest. And I've been brought up in the church. It's kind of just like you get an Advent calendar, you open your chocolate, and it's 24 days till Christmas. No, there is like a sense of a longing and a preparation and, and a coming of the king. And so Advent, I think, is special, it's beautiful, but it's so human as well. And there's so much grit and divine coming together. Um, And as we look at the Christmas narrative, I'm going to speak to you a little bit about Mary. We're going to have a little bit of a focus on Mary because she is such a key character in the story, of course, of Jesus's arrival to earth. Um, And I want to focus and just highlight three kind of key aspects, um, things that we can learn from Mary, I guess things we can learn from her story. I I realize I totally just outed my son, by the way, by saying that he went so far. I feel so savage now that he's working in. Guys, welcome to my brain. It's a pinball in there. We're going to be going from one thing to another. Where was I? Mary. So we're going to try and learn, I guess, like a few things from Mary's story. And I just want to look at three kind of aspects, things like seasons that I think, points of time that she went through um, that were absolutely divine, but they were so human in the middle of it as well. Um, Having young children now, I'm used to like the nativity and all that kind of thing we especially in the west we've so like softened what this time is we've made it so clean and tidy and really the human experience of like mary and joseph and the birth and all of that stuff there's so much we don't know but there's so much great involved in that and i've just tried to sit in the seat of mary for the last two weeks and try and imagine what might that have been like And so hopefully we'll draw some parallels from her story and um, I guess kind of looking at the expectation versus the reality. Because in this time as we await, you know, in our day now we await Christmas, but it's such a special time in the Christian calendar where we're awaiting the best news that was ever come to this earth. Um, Often we have certain expectations and, and the reality just isn't the same, right? <laughs> whether that's about faith, whether it's about our job, whether it's about our kids, so often this happens, but it doesn't make God any less divine. And the fact is, God's chosen way is human and divine working together. That's his chosen way. So God is absolutely divine. He can do what he wants to do in the way he wants to do it, but he chose, even in delivering his son to earth, not to just kind of beam down and pop him on the ground, and and there he is, a fully grown adult. No, he was born fully God, fully man, by a virgin. It's like you, you literally couldn't write this stuff. It's the most creative, mixed up kind of story. A lot of people don't believe it because it's just crazy, really. It's the mystery of God, but there's so much humanity in it. One thing I want us to reflect on in this time as well, hey baby, one thing I want us to reflect on in this time as well is how do we, how will we carry what God has asked us to carry? Because essentially God asked Mary to carry his only son to the earth. And she, I don't, I I was kind of thinking about this this week. Did she have a choice? Because the angel kind of came and announced it to her and it was like, it's happening. Um, But she was willing to carry the son of God to earth. And for all of us, there are things we are carrying now, whether that's just our circumstances or our life, or whether it's something specific we feel God has asked us to do, or a calling, perhaps we might say, that he's given to us. And we've got a choice, like, are we going to carry the thing that God has asked us to carry? 
And then if we say yes, how are we going to choose to carry that thing? Now, it might not be the coming Messiah. It might not be Jesus, right? But he's given us something to carry. I believe this matters. Sometimes we've done so much, like we've overdone like personal purpose. And we've made such a thing of like, you know, God's, God's destined you to be great. Sometimes we've overdone that. But I firmly believe God asks us each to carry something for him, whether it's just for a season, whether it's for a lifetime, whether it's a burden, whether it's just a, a time where we're at work or with family, whatever it is, I'm a firm, firm believer in that. And so even through Mary's story, we're going to look at, are you going to carry what God's asked you to carry? And if, if the answer is yes, how are you going to choose to carry it? So the first kind of moment I observe from Mary is just the overwhelming moment and the overwhelming sense when she hears for the first time from an angel, as you do, that she has been chosen to carry the Messiah to the earth, right? Context, she's a teenager, okay? She's a virgin, two very complicated things all in one go. And this angel appears, and, and, and scripture says quite clearly that she was afraid, she was frightened. But as, as the angel delivered the information to her, Mary, you're going to carry this Jesus that your people have been longing for, or this Messiah your people have been longing for, you're going to carry him to the earth. And she says, let it be to me according to your will. <laughs> like, um, like, she must have been going through every emotion, every thought, every fear, joy, elation, and you'll know if God has ever spoken to you about something and asked you to carry something, it is an overwhelming time of emotion, right? There's kind of good, there's bad, there's fear, there's log logistical things. You're like, how is this going to happen? How is this going to work? And she said this, let it be according to your will. And then scripture says that kind of in this same time, the angel has also appeared to her cousin, Elizabeth, to tell her that she's pregnant with John, cousin of Jesus, and crazy, she's old, she's been named a barren woman, like she's also told that the Messiah is going to come through Mary. So the angel's busy, right? He's out and about doing his work. And Mary goes to see Elizabeth and Elizabeth knows at that point that she's going to be pregnant with Jesus. Just this crazy, crazy story. And there's just this amazing moment where John, who's in the, in the womb of Elizabeth at this time, leaps Leaps, the scripture says that he leaps in, in her womb and it's almost like this encounter with Jesus, this presence with Jesus is changing everything, even in the womb, even in the womb. And Elizabeth says this to Mary, you, you have great faith. Women will call you blessed and you have great faith. Out of that, I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter one, and this is basically, it's called in scripture a lot of time, Mary's song. But I, I always like to think of this, and, and this, you'll have to forgive me, this is total conjecture. This is almost like a prophetic song that comes from Mary. She's, she's overjoyed, there's something amazing happening, but the fear and the context of the day is, you go outside, you'll be stoned, you'll be murdered because you're an unmarried woman who basically sounds crazy at the minute, um, believing that you're carrying this Messiah. Potentially, your engagement is going to break down because of this. She goes to be with uh, Elizabeth, and this is the song that she sings, and this is her response. And it says, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. 
He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. And so, that, I mean, that's an amazing song. That's often what Mary's known for when, you, when somebody knows about Mary. Maybe they say, like, my soul magnifies the Lord. She seems like this just very agreeable, like this seems like such a divine moment. And I guess in many ways it is. But we don't see that humanity that she has at that time. This seems to me like a prophetic kind of song. But we don't know, she could have been in fear when she sang this song. She, my, my, my thought is really that she was probably just wondering, what next? Like, what's going to happen next? When this baby's born, what am I going to do? What's he going to be like? Like, she, she really didn't have a clue, bar what the angel had told her. She was just being faithful to that time and to that moment. Yet she has this amazing moment where essentially the divine rises up from within her and she says these beautiful words that actually, they're like a profession of who Jesus became. Someone who exalted the humble and lowered the proud. Somebody who gave his time to the poor and in, in moments opposed the rich and opposed the, the spirits that fought against um, everything that he come to establish. But there's no doubt to me that in this time, Mary was overwhelmed. Um, she was frightened. And that actually, she was just wondering what the flipping heck's going on. I mean, I don't know if God has ever asked you to do something or to, even, even if just for a season or a time and you just think to yourself, I want to say yes. I want to say yes. But actually, God, what is this going to mean? I'm the kind of person, I'm like, if I'm going to say this, God, give me a five-step plan. Like, let me know in two years' time, is it going to be over? Or in two years' time, am I going to have gone and done the next thing? Actually, the way God works is he responds to the faithful, right? Not just the ones who've got it all together. Not the ones who appear the most gifted or the most neatly wrapped up in a bow. But the faithful, the ones who'll say yes. <laughs> the ones who'll go. And clearly, Mary is one of those ones. And so I wonder, and I guess my kind of reflection on that to you is, first of all, will you say yes? And it's easy sometimes to say yes to the big things because <laughs> sometimes they seem so far out there. It's like, I'll say yes, and then at some point this will come to pass. But when there is an impending call, just like there was with Mary, you know, babies generally stay in the womb for nine months and then they're born, generally speaking. There was kind of a, this was time sensitive as well. <laughs> so she's saying yes to something that's going to happen very, very quickly. And so my call and my challenge to you is will you say yes again to the thing that God's put in your hand because he's asking you to carry something and the fact that you carry it and how you carry it are absolutely essential it doesn't take away the fact that you're human that you will have doubt that it might feel gritty it might feel difficult you might feel like giving up it's interesting, Dan highlighted before in that song, um, we were singing that we've never walked alone. I'd had the exact same thought as you, Dan. Quite often, um, we're in a room of people and we're singing, I've never walked alone. And you kind of, you're singing it, but you're feeling like, I don't even know if I fully believe this. And there are times where we feel like we've walked alone um, and we sing those songs and we're just like, God, where are you? You know, sometimes when God asks us to carry something, we feel like, God, you, you've asked me to carry something and now you've left me alone. Like, where are you? 
And it's in those moments where we, we choose to lean in and trust the faithfulness of God above our emotions, above our situation. Because for me, when I think about Mary, she had all the emotions. We, we, we paint her out as this like 30-year-old white woman who gladly like nods and says yes to everything. Guys, she was a teenager. She wasn't married. She's saying yes to something, just think, probably thinking, what, what have I just agreed to? <laughs> Yet this song rises from within her. And just a total side note, what I think is some of the best art comes from hard moments. <laughs> like Mary's known for her song, especially in older traditions, in the Catholic tradition. This is read often. It's often read at Advent. Some of the greatest triumphs some of the greatest art that the world needs will come through your story it will come through your hard moments and whether that's a traditional piece of art or it's a music or a song or it's your story can I tell you the world needs what you're going to carry and so doesn't make it easy doesn't mean it's devoid of emotion will never be devoid of your humanity because God chooses to use us he chooses broken vessels. He chooses people who get too angry, who are too grumpy, who sometimes do too much, who sometimes say the wrong thing and way, way worse. He chooses to use us. And the key is not perfection. The key is, will we say yes? And will we go? And so Mary has this moment, it's overwhelming. And she sings this beautiful song, but hey, we don't really know where she was at at that point. The second thing that I've kind of thought about this week um, is a time, oh, okay, I'll, I'll read to you actually from Luke, Luke chapter 1, verse 56. It just says this. So on the back of this song, Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. Sometimes I'm like, Luke, so I'm reading from the Gospel of Luke. I'm like, Luke, you could have given us more detail. Like, do you, do you ever think this about scripture? Like, give me more <laughs> in, the, in the Advent narrative. I'm like, give us some more of the emotion. Like, tell us what happened in that nine months because we kind of hear that Mary stayed with Elizabeth. The next thing we hear is she's on her way to Bethlehem for a census. I'm like, what about all the middle part? So guys, you're going to get some of my thoughts on the middle part of what might have happened today. Because I started to wonder, and I've, I've had two children, so I suppose I'm, I'm also thinking practically, this woman is pregnant, right? She's staying with Elizabeth. She's hiding away, the chances are, because this is not something that you're going to want everybody to know about. One, they're probably going to think you're crazy. Two, they think you're lying because you're saying you're a virgin and you're like, the Holy Spirit's come upon me. I'm going to be giving birth to the Messiah. People are thinking, get this woman in the street and stone her, right? She's hiding out with her cousin to be, to be safe. But this time, I really believe, because all we know is verse 56, it's a time of preparation. It's a time of preparation for Mary. And whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, definitely spiritually, God was preparing her in this time to deliver what she needed to deliver. And often times of preparation, uh, times of anonymity, times of quiet in our lives, uh, we, we try to rush through them, I feel. I mean, maybe you're not like me, but I try to rush through them. I'm kind of feeling like, God, this feels like there's been a big gap between what you've asked me to carry and some kind of outcome or some kind of birth of that thing. And just me as a very impatient person, I'm an impatient wife, I'm an impatient mother, guys, it's just a therapy session for me today. I'm all of those things. I'm trying to be more patient. Holy Spirit, help me. Um, I'm always like trying to rush through to the next thing. 
But this time of preparation for Mary was absolutely essential. Not just that she was hidden, but something was going on within her mentally, emotionally, definitely physically, because the child is growing within her. Jesus, fully God, fully man, in her womb at this point. Crazy. There's something happening where she's being hidden and prepared. But even in that preparation, she doesn't know what's coming next. And I, I often feel, you know, that's just the life of faith. We can say yes to things. We have an assurance of who God is. We have an assurance of his spirit. Um, Jesus himself said that he will, he'll never leave us or forsake us. But we have very little assurance of much else. <laughs> we can trust in the character and the nature of God. But very often we don't know all of the steps. We don't, we're kind of, we're literally living by faith. And that's kind of what she, this is what she was doing at this point as well. And quite often I've realized in these times as well, it's easy to hide our humanity or try and hide our humanity, try and stay hidden. We feel ashamed because God's asked us to carry something and we've maybe told someone about it and we just feel like it's not happening. Or we feel like ah, you chose the wrong person because I've just got all this stuff going on at the minute, God, and I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I want to live my life poured out for you. But then it feels like everything hits you from, from one side to the other. Surely that's just not me, right? That, that seems to happen to me. I say yes, and then it's like everything starts going wrong. Thanks for that, God. This is so exciting. But hey, we're not called to a life of everything being okay. We're called to the life of faith. And we have the assurance that God will be with us. And just in the same way that in this kind of time where we think about Advent and preparation and, and arrival and like just this longing, just a longing to see Jesus in the flesh on earth. Perhaps there's something for us to learn in a time where we maybe feel hidden. And, you know, I don't know if maybe you're in here and you just feel like, God, I feel you've asked me to carry something. I've said yes, but I still just feel like there's been no movement. There's been no shift. There's been no physical sign of anything changing. For some of you, that is, that's a big, big thing. God's asked to carry you a big thing. You've said yes, and you feel like God's on radio silence. Yeah? I, I reckon that's going on in this room now. I know that. I absolutely know that. And you know what? Here is the comfort from Mary's story. That in those seasons of hiddenness, in the season where we don't see things, even in her own physical body, you, she would have seen that she was, she was pregnant. You know, she was growing this way outwards. But even when you can't see everything that's going on inside, there's a movement. There's something being birthed. There's something being prepared. And so my encouragement is just, just hold on. <laughs> hold on. In that time of preparation, hold on. Often it is God's protection of us and his blessing on us that holds us in a season of preparation. And I've, I've realized that we want to hasten things sometimes. We want to move things more quickly. We want God to do what he said he's going to do now. But quite often there is a, sometimes quite a hidden one, but there's a blessing in what God's trying to do in those hidden seasons. And we don't see everything, do we? God is all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful. And sometimes he hides us away and he protects us in that season to prepare us for what's going to happen next. And that's absolutely what he did with Mary as well. The third kind of thing that I observe in Mary's story is, I've, I've called it the longing. Like, and it's, I'll come to read it in a minute, but there's a point where they've got to go to Jerusalem for this 
census, Bethlehem, sorry, for this census. And, um, I, well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a practical story. So I've had two children. Jesse was a whopper, right? When I was pregnant with him, he was so, I was just massive. I was massive. I should have brought you a picture because I was just absolutely huge. I had Harper. She's this nice little, like, seven pound, you know, seven pound, 15 ounce baby. Like, she was two weeks early. Like, it, it was a bit of a, it was a bit crazy, but I had her in water. Like, everything went to plan. My birth plan was, like, 100% on. Jesse, however, when I was 28 weeks pregnant with him, I was like a house. I was a unit for days. Like, I'm walking around like this massive unit. And I remember at 28 weeks just feeling this sense of, like, longing. Like, I love this child, but I am desperate to hold him. Not in my body, but in my arms. And I, I can't even describe to you this feeling that I had. I've never had it any other time in my life. Not even in my first pregnancy. It was like a longing for this child. I didn't want him to be born at 28 weeks, and he wasn't. But it was a longing to just hold him and be with him. Um, and I was exhausted. So basically from 28 weeks, I just didn't really make plans to do anything because I was convinced he's going to be born early. Harper was born early. He's going to be born early too. I remember um, the week before he was actually born, it was my birthday. And I'm a big birthday person. I love celebrating my birthday. I do tell people it's my birthday. I love gifts, like all of that kind of thing. And I said to Dan, my husband, Dan, I'm not doing anything on my birthday. Like, I'm staying here because Jesse's going to be born today. I was like, he's going to be born today. I just feel it. I was absolutely wrong. I was feeling the wrong thing. A week later, however, he made a very speedy arrival. There is a reason for me telling you this story. He made a speedy arrival. And by that, I mean my labor was one hour, 25 minutes. I didn't make it to the hospital. I live across the road from the hospital, guys. I didn't make it to the hospital. And my husband delivered him with no medical attention, right? Thankfully, everything went well. But this longing I'd had for this child, this desperation, it felt like so, so long that I'm in this like preparation season and move into this longing. And then all of a sudden, he just arrived, like literally just arrived. Thankfully, everything was okay. Paramedics showed up 20 minutes later. No big deal. Do you know what I mean, guys? It's fine. I'm just laboring on my kitchen floor, literally under a table. Um, but that, that's what happened, and sometimes we have such a longing to, not just to carry the thing that God's asked us to carry, but to see it in reality, to touch it, to know it's a real thing, to believe that the thing God said to us in faith is made real. And that same longing, I believe Mary had, I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. It says, at that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Jesus was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Gazari, uh, Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available to them. Do you know, I reckon at Mary's most kind of arduous point of her pregnancy, she has to make this horrendous journey to Bethlehem. And 
I found an amazing article in the LA Times which sp uh, spoke with an archaeologist guy and a guy who still makes trips now um, from Galilee to Bethlehem and he talks about how tumultuous that journey would have been. So it's not kind of just like us thinking, well, I've got to drive 90 miles. The, uh, guys, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit for 90 seconds when I was 28 weeks pregnant. I'm just like, I've had enough. Mary walked, they reckon, for 90 miles in a place where it was not safe, where there were lions, bears, the terrain was not safe. It was boiling in the day, freezing at night. And the article literally said it rains like heck at that time of year when they think it would have happened. They went on this crazy, crazy journey. They, they had to, right? It wasn't their choice. It was their circumstance that they had to make this crazy journey. Then they arrive. There's nowhere to stay. They're literally with animals in all kinds. We don't even know. Like people reckon, you know, you know, obviously in a nativity, there's sheep, there's chickens, there's aliens in my kids' nativity. So don't know what happened there. And um, there's all kinds going on. But there were farm animals, and literally this this baby is born or it's put into somewhere that feeds the pigs. Like it's we 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 just can't. I've tried to put myself in Mary's shoes. I'm like I can't even imagine this right now. And I reckon she's thinking this longing that I'm having, this desperation. God, like, come through for me. Like, it, surely if this is you, this should be easier. Have you ever thought this? Surely, God, if this is you, it should be a bit more straightforward. I've had that thought many, many times. Surely, God, if you've asked me to carry this, there should be a bit less sacrifice than there is. <laughs> Can I tell you? <laughs> Again, Advent reminds us, and this story reminds us, when the divine chooses to work with human there is sacrifice involved. There is a commitment involved. There's grit involved. It doesn't mean God is not right at the center of something if it's not easy. You know, people sometimes say this thing like, you know, God won't give you more than you can handle. Like, God absolutely gives me more than I can handle all the time. He absolutely does. I don't believe it because we have to rely on his grace. Corinthians says that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So he absolutely, sorry guys if you say that, but it's not true. He gives us more than we can handle. Could Mary handle Jesus on her own? No. With the power, the power of the Holy Spirit living and working through her, with the community that was put around her, could she do it? Yes. And so that longing I believe she had, and it felt like, I'm guessing, at the time where she was at her most vulnerable, at the time where she was at her most tired, her most exhausted, her most kind of, what's going to happen next? I'm ready to have this baby. She has this child in less than ideal circumstances, is the polite way of putting it. Terrible circumstances. Yet God is absolutely in the middle of the whole thing. Literally. <laughs> God incarnate is born to the earth. Fully God, fully man. Jesus is born to this couple. And just before I kind of round up, I had, I had a bit of a question for you. And I guess it's a thought that I've just reflected on myself this week. I wonder if sometimes the way we believe God is going to work, makes us feel disappointed with God. <laughs> Sometimes we have a set of expectations in our head that, you know, God, if God's going to ask me to carry this, it's probably going to go this way. It's probably going to look like this. In 10 years, it's probably going to manifest itself like this. Kind of life and experience, and definitely Mary's story has taught me, quite often things do not play out the way we think they think we're going to. Now, the good news is that we trust a God who is exceedingly, abundantly more above anything we can ask or think or imagine. 
We know that, we have that as an assurance. But quite often our circumstance, our lives, our situations, the thing God has asked us to carry doesn't always look like he, like we thought it was going to look. And so we end up disappointed with God, like, God, you've not come through for me. God, you're not there for me. And we all have moments of disappointment in faith. That's just being human, right? That is being human and that's okay. It doesn't mean we don't have any faith. It's just sometimes that we lack faith. And in those moments of disappointment, I want to encourage you, even just in this Advent story that is, yeah, it's arrival, it's preparation, it's longing, it's overwhelming, all of those things together, this time that we have, is being able to not just reflect on the wonder of the coming king, but just to be fully human in those moments where we're carrying something that God's asked us to carry and it feels sometimes overbearing or it feels really, really exciting. And then the next moment it's like, oh, right, okay, it's going to be like that, is it? You know, I was talking to Dan in the car and he was, he was just saying, you know, sometimes how it is when you're in just, you know, you're at a conference or you just have this amazing moment with God wherever you are. And you basically are like, yes, God, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. It's yes. And you wake up the next day and it's almost like you've got like a, I don't know, like a yes hangover. You're like, why did I say yes to that yesterday? Did you ever do this? I'm like, why did I agree to that yesterday? Okay, like I'm feeling a bit different today. Sometimes we feel like that and that's the reality of life. Some days we're filled with faith. We're filled with belief. We're filled with, God, you're going to do this. I'm going to carry this. You're going to bring it to pass. And some days we're just like, this is not going the way I thought it was going to go. And I absolutely believe for Mary, there must have been times where she just felt like, God, this isn't, I don't know, even know this way this was going to go. You know, she didn't know that after she'd actually given birth to Jesus, how amazing, and all these people are hearing about it through angels and the Holy Spirit. There's so much crazy stuff going on. She then has to run for her life and run for Jesus' life because King Herod's trying to kill him. It's like she must have been thinking, why did I sign up to this? But the, that's the beauty of Advent. You know, actually, Advent gives me great hope for my humanity. <laughs> because if God chooses to work with normal people, not like the thing you expect. Like, I also had this thought this week. I wonder why Jesus didn't choose Elizabeth to have. Uh, sorry, I wonder why God didn't choose Elizabeth to have Jesus. She was married. She'd been desperate for a child for years. Like, it would have been this big celebratory thing. No, he chose a virgin where this in the context, this was just, this was not okay. This was socially completely unacceptable. Someone who wasn't even married. That's God's way. He always chooses the way we least expect, is what I've realized. But when he, he allows his divinity to meet earth and to meet our humanity, something amazing happens. You know, the hallmark of Mary is her faithfulness. Um, she signed up to something she didn't know the outcome to. And I want to kind of finish before I pray for us in a minute by just asking that question again. Will you carry the thing that God is asking you to carry? It might not look like something else that somebody else is carrying. It might just be a moment. It might be a season. It might be something to carry on behalf of someone else. It might be a lifelong burden that he gives you, a lifelong burden to carry and to live for him. The question is, will you say yes? Will you be faithful? You don't know what's on the other side. You don't know how it's going to look. But at this time of Advent, as we, you know, we celebrate Christmas and we get around family and friends, and, you know, this isn't really about whether you love Christmas or you hate Christmas, like, or you're somewhere firmly in the middle. This is an amazing time that we can reflect on the longing 
the preparation, the moments of seeing God come to earth. In the same way that we carry something, we await the moment where we really see God come to earth through something we said yes to. (laughs) What a privilege. And so I wonder if you would just bow your heads for a minute, just out of respect to one another, I'm going to pray. And, you know, I've been speaking very much this morning to people who would call themselves followers of Jesus. Um, But I never, I never want to make the assumption any time in my life that when I stand in a church gathering, that everyone here knows the Jesus that I know, (laughs) has been set free by him, has just not by no means a perfect life but just a freedom that I would I would give anything for and so what I'm going to ask you to do I'm going to pray in a minute and right on the back of a prayer I'm just going to ask if there's anyone in the room and you're like you know I've not responded to Jesus but I want to know him like this is this is way more visceral it's deeper than just knowing about him it's it's really knowing him then I'm just going to ask you to pop your hand up and pop it back down that's it I'm not going to embarrass you I'm not going to ask you to come stand at the front um, afterwards there'll be an opportunity where you can go and have prayer and like share that decision at this next steps point at the back but for now I'm going to pray and if that's you and there might not be anyone I just want you to pop your hand up and pop it down, back down that's it and so Father I yeah I thank you God for the privilege of being together this morning and being able to just honour you serve you and to know you in a new way God just being together God for the freedom of being together this morning and Father I pray God if there is anyone here God that is they're apart from you God, that you would meet them. God, would you do a divine exchange, God, for your holiness, for their brokenness. God, you choose to work with us. This isn't about us presenting ourselves as perfect. God, you know we're human. You know we're broken, God, but that is where you work the best. God, so even in this moment, would you do a divine exchange? Your word says that when, if we believe in our hearts and we confess with our tongue that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. God, we have assurance of that. And so for anyone here today, God, who's making that decision, would you just give them assurance? God, by the power of your spirit, would they just know you're with them? Would you? Would they just have a confidence you're with them now? Amen. If there's anyone here, I mean, I'd just ask you if you, just to bow your heads, if just out of respect to each other. I'm not going to prolong this moment, but if there is anyone who wants to respond to Jesus for the first time, or maybe you've been away from him and you're like, I need to know him again in a new way just pop your hand up and pop it back down um and if not we're going to move on we're going to sing um amazing okay that's great um guys i i encourage you even if you didn't make that decision today or you're already a person of faith just i guess my takeaway from today is just that question will you carry what god is asking you to carry